Hey folks, I'm so glad you decided to tune in again today for another faith-filled message brought to you by the partners of the Peckville Assembly of God. We could not do it without you. We're getting this gospel message out as fast as we can on as many networks and voices as we can to help empower people by the power of Jesus Christ. We could not do it without your faithful partnership. If you do me a favor, let people know about our broadcast. Help us uh, either by word of mouth or sharing it with them on Facebook, whatever it might be. We truly appreciate all of our partners. We pray for you each and every day. Hey, drop us a line sometime. We'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned. We're coming live at you with the word right now. The Lord spoke to me a few weeks ago uh, on a Thursday morning, about quarter to four in the morning. And uh, he woke me up and he said, Tyler, he said, I want you to teach healing harder than you've ever had. I said, God, I teach it pretty hard. He says, no, I want you to teach it harder than you ever have. And as you do, he says, I'll confirm it like you've never seen before. So the last few weeks, what I've been doing is teaching divine healing, teaching how healing is always God's will. I've been teaching that faith begins where the will of God is known. I said, faith begins where the will of God is known. Uh, For instance, you couldn't know Christ as Savior until faith was built in your heart and you understood and believed that it's God's will for you to be saved, that it's God's will for uh, children to be saved. It's God's will for adults to be saved. It's God's will for senior citizens to be saved. Till you got a revelation, it is God's will for you to be saved. Then you're able to receive Christ as Savior. You're able to receive salvation. I tell you, it's the same way with healing. Until you understand, it's every time God's will for you to be healed. Until you read the scriptures and realize Jesus never turned away one person for a miracle. Jesus never turned away one person for a healing. Not one person who came to Jesus in faith, believing God for a miracle, got turned away. I tell you, the Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. You still serve God of healing. You still serve Jehovah Rapha, my God, who heals me. The Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits in Psalm 103, who forgives all of my sins and heals every disease. You understand, you serve a God who's greater than cancer, greater than diabetes, greater than fibromyalgia or heart disease or whatever you know might be plaguing your body today, know that you serve a God who is greater and has once and for all, according to Galatians 3, redeemed us from all the curse of the law. Well, that means he once and for all, by the blood of Jesus, defeated sin and death, sickness and disease, and poverty and lack. And you see, I believe, uh, and here's what I know, God always heals. There's a difference between the gift of healing and the working of miracles. And a lot of God's children don't understand that. You see, the working of miracles is Jesus uh, touched a man and his eyes came open. That's a miracle. You know, I I was ministering recently out a few months ago. Yadira, who's on the broadcast today, was there ministering with me in song. And I called a lady out who was completely blind. Her eyes uh, from chemo treatments, literally uh, the radiation burned off the muscles in her eyes amongst a litany of other problems. And I said, get ready. When I lay hands on you, the miracle anointing of God is going to get on your body and your eyes are going to come wide open. Now, that's a bold statement to make when somebody's completely blind. But I know that we don't walk by by sight. We walk by faith. And here's what I know. As I'm faithful to speak faith and act in faith, God's always faithful to confirm it. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those who come to him must believe he is. He is what? A rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So we spoke the word. Yadira was there and Luke was there. And we laid hands on her. And in front of that whole entire audience there, God supernaturally opened both of her eyes by the working of miracles. And to prove it in front of the whole crowd, I said, what color tie do I have on? She said, well, it's blue and gold. 
I said, what color jacket do I want? It's a blue jacket. You understand, you can't fake a miracle when somebody's eyes were completely blind and then they could tell you what color shirt you have on, what color jacket you're wearing, what color tie you have on. You understand, that's the miracle working power of God. And here's, here's the th there's a difference, though, between the working of miracles and the gifts of healing. You see, you understand, a lot of Christians get prayed for at the altar and they receive their healing instantaneously and then they walk away from the altar and say, well, I don't feel any different. Well, the symptoms are still lingering. And you kill your healing a miracle right there. You kill the healing anointing. Why? Because Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and then they shall recover. You understand, when we lay hands on you, the healing anointing gets on your body, but it's up to you to recover. It's up to you to stay in faith. It's up to you to speak faith and walk by faith and not by sight and put action to your faith. You know, I told you before, and Brother Ted called me out. I didn't even tell anybody this, but I was having terrible trouble in my eyes. I stopped flying airplanes, stopped doing things. I went from having 20-20 vision, I even stopped driving the bus, to a point of where my eyes would swell so bad at nighttime, I would go blind. My wife would have to drive me home. I was down the eye doctors. They couldn't figure out what it was. It was glaucoma or MGD or, or whatever, and they couldn't figure this thing out. And I didn't tell anybody. I just stood in faith and believed God that I was healed, even though every night it kept getting worse and worse and worse. And one night, Brother Ted called me out and laid hands on my eyes, and he said, you know, God's honored my faith, that thing, that tonight I received my sight back. Well, to most people in the crowd, they didn't have a clue what was going on. And the minute he laid hands on me, truthfully, I didn't feel any different. In fact, my eyes still kept trying to swell that night. But I said, no, 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 my eyes are healed. Just as the Bible says in the book of Job, this affliction shall not rise a second time. I believed I received my healing the minute hands were laid on me. Now it's my job to stay in faith and recover. And so that night, my eyes still kept trying to swell. And I said, no, my eyes have been healed. Oh, Jesus, I thank you. I am healed. I thank you by whose stripes I have been healed. It's my job to recover. I thank you. I am healed. Eyes get in line with the word of God. By whose stripes I have been healed. These eyes are better, better, better. This affliction shall not rise a second time. You understand? Instead of magnifying my problem like most Christians do or, or saying, well, you know, it just didn't work for me like it worked for others at the altar. No, no, no. It's our job when the healing anointing hits you to stay in faith and receive your healing. There's a difference between the gifts of miracles, uh, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healing. Big difference. And most Christians don't realize it, and they kill their own miracle with their mouth. And so I stayed in faith. Next day I woke up, my eyes felt a whole lot better. And I said, Jesus, I praise you. My eyes are better. I thank you for healing my eyes right last night, Lord. I thank you for it. I praise you for it, mighty God. You've been so good. And just staying in faith and confessing faith and walking it out. And watch this. As the day went on, my eyes got better and better, not worse. Oh, man. Just as for almost a year, I dealt with every day. The longer the day got, the worse my eyes got to the point they swelled shut at nighttime. Carolyn would be driving me around. I couldn't even see to drive. Most people, I, I didn't tell anybody about it because I refused to magnify my problems. Most people go around, oh, let me tell you what's happening with my eyes. No, 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 no. Let me tell you about Christ the healer. Let me tell you about Jesus who died and his blood that redeemed me from every sickness and every disease. And instead of magnifying problems and magnifying sickness, I just magnify my Savior who is greater than MGD and greater than glaucoma and greater than all other nonsense. Well, let me tell you something. I went back down to the eye doctor. He tested my eyes and I not only got my sight back, I have 20-20 vision again. I went for my CDL physical, 20-20 vision. I'm back flying airplanes again. Why? Because I serve Jehovah Rapha, a God who is greater than any sickness and greater than any disease. You understand, the minute hands were laid on me, I received my healing, but it was up to me to recover. I said, it was up 
to me to recover. It wasn't a working of miracles. It was a gift of healing. And there's a big difference. Here's the thing you need to know, Christian, that God always heals. That healing is always God's will. And when you get a revelation that healing is always God's will, that Jesus never turned away one person for a miracle or one person for a healing or one person from a breakthrough, then you get the revelation on the inside and then faith begins where the will of God is known. I said faith begins where the will of God is known. Until I understood that I was healed the minute that hands were laid on me, I'd still be struggling with that infirmity in my eyes. No, I took authority over that thing in faith and walked it out. I put faith and action together, and I believed I received the minute hands were laid on me. Unlike most Christians who would say, well, symptoms are still lingering. Well, I still got eye trouble. Well, you know, I know God's healer, but, you know, maybe it wasn't for me. No, 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 no. By whose stripes you have been healed. It's up to you to take it by faith. The same way you take salvation by faith is the same way you take healing by faith. You believe it in your heart, you confess it with your mouth, and you put faith and action together, and you get a revelation on the inside so you can have a manifestation on the outside of who your God is, of who Jehovah Rapha is. Instead of walking around being a prayer project your whole life, you can walk around being a testimony of God's goodness. That's why the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You understand, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. That means every fiber of my being must bless the Lord, must magnify God. Whether I feel like it or not, it's not up to my body to dictate to me what I'm going to do. My body has to get in line with the Word of God. And the Bible says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and everything that is within me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Forget not all of his benefits. Jesus died once and for all to redeem you from sin and death, sickness and disease, and poverty and lack. He broke the back of poverty, broke the back of sickness and disease, and broke the back of sin and death once and for all on Calvary's hill. When his blood was spilled for you and I, let me tell you something. It ran out every bit of infirmity, every bit of sickness and disease, every devil in hell, every bit of sin and death, and poverty and lack must come off your life if you've been redeemed. The Bible says, Behold, all the old things have passed away. Everything has been made brand new. When do you start putting on the mind of Christ and realizing, wait a minute, I'm a new creation. I have a redeemer and I'm going to live like I have a redeemer. I'm not going to live like everybody else. I'll be head and shoulders above the rest. Why? Because who my God is that lives on the inside of me. The Bible says, little children, do you not know you are of God? And greater is he that's on the inside of you than anything that's in this world. That means greater than cancer, greater than diabetes, greater than heart trouble, greater than poverty, greater than any distraction or trial or tribulation you might face in this life. You have a greater one living on the inside of you. And if you tap into it by faith, I'm telling you right now, you can walk on top of the waters and walk head and shoulders above everybody else. Head and shoulders above every circumstance, every situation, everything that's sent from hell to destroy you. The Bible says it'll come in one way and God will cause it to flee seven ways in Deuteronomy 28. Why? Because you have a greater one on the inside of you. You're a carrier of God's presence. You're a carrier of God's glory. But you must realize, that's what David said here, bless the Lord my soul and forget not. Don't forget all of God's benefits. They belong to us by faith. Why? Because of what Jesus has done. Because of what Jesus paid for. Why are Christians leaving behind what Jesus paid for? You wouldn't go to Walmart, pay for $200 worth of groceries, walk out with $36 worth, and get to your car. 
Half you people would go in there and tear that cashier up and down. Why? Because you paid for $200 worth of groceries. Instead, most Christians get salvation but leave healing behind. Get salvation but leave prosperity behind. Get salvation but leave the blessing behind. Look, it's time we get a hold of everything that Jesus paid for and we take it by faith. You understand the world ought to look at you and want what you have. They ought to look at you and say, boy, there's something different about them. They're always prospering. They're always in good health. They're always walking around full of joy, full of faith, full of glory. It seems like nothing can get them down. Nothing discourages them. It seems like nothing bothers them. And I can't understand why they don't deal with trials like I deal with. People ought to look to you and see the manifestation of God's glory. See the manifestation of God's goodness. You understand you represent God in the earth. Why not start representing him well? You don't serve the homeless God under the bridge. You don't serve the author of cancer and sickness and disease. No, you serve the author of life, the author of health, the author of blessing, the author of wealth. You got to start demonstrating who God is. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And you hear this body, forget not all of God's benefits. You hear this situation? You're not going to dictate to me how things are going to go. I'm going to dictate to you. I serve a God, who a God of covenant, but a God who brings me into benefits. Benefits. Watch this. Who forgives all your iniquity? Because the first thing is, you have to understand, you can't have the blessing of health and the blessing of wealth and all these other blessings if you first have not given yourself to Christ. I'll say it again. If you first have not given yourself to Christ, this is covenants, folks. Covenant. Covenant. You understand? There's two parts of a miracle. My part and God's part. He says, first of all, who forgives all your iniquity? Because when he forgives your sin... That's when he wipes away sickness and disease. That's when he wipes away poverty and lack. Look, I'm not, you know, somebody that's never dealt with stuff. I've been through hell and back, folks. Been third degree burn, uh, blood transfusions, you know, leukemia, all this nonsense. But Jesus has always healed me every time. I have a great aunt right now. She's 106 years old, in good health. And since she was a child, she has confessed, I'll live to be 107 years old. And people laughed at her. People made fun of her. Well, you know, typical Christians, well, 70 or maybe 80. No, 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 no. She is 106 right now. And I said, you know, I, I thought about it, and I was talking to her. And I said, you know, that's the best way to beat all the haters. Just outlive them. Everybody told her, well, how do you know you'll be 107? How, do you, how can you be so short? They're all dead, and she's still living full of faith and full of health. And I said to her, I said, I don't understand why you don't go for 120. She said, no, 107. That's what I've decided. That's what I told God since I was a child, and I've always confessed. So I'll live to be 107. Well, in a few weeks, she's going to be 107. So I guarantee she won't live to see 108. Why? Because she made up her mind. But she realizes who her God is. She realizes she serves a covenant God who said man's years can be 120 years, but the choice is up to you. I said the choice is up to you. He says, forgives all your iniquity. Watch this, verse 3. And who heals all your disease. Who heals all all your disease. Some of y'all are still hung up what I just said about the 120 thing. Well, what about the Bible says man's years to be 70 by reason measure 80? You're right, it does. But what does that pertain to? That was talking to the Israelite children who were in rebellion in the wilderness. But no, there's people that live beyond 70, people live beyond 80, and the Bible is inerrant. God's word cannot return to him void. It's without error. It's not wrong. So clearly, that's not the measure. God's still going by the 120-year mark. Most people don't have faith for it. Most people, if you're lucky, have faith for the 70, maybe 80. I'll tell you right now, if the Lord should tarry, I'm going for the 120, which I don't think he will. I believe he'll return in my lifetime, and that, that's just my own personal opinion. But I'll tell you this, as for me and my house, 
We're setting our face for the 120. Why? Because the word of God says we can have it. Because the Bible says that God watches over his word to perform it in the lives of his children. You understand what you find out in God's word, what you get revelation of and get faith for. You understand you can have faith begins where the will of God is known. I've heard all kinds of nonsense. Well, faith is stepping out over a staircase I don't see. Well, faith, no, 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 let me tell you. Faith begins where the will of God is known. When you get a revelation, it's God's will for you to be saved, you get saved. When you get a revelation that Christ is healer, it's God's will for me to be healed, then you get healed. When you get a revelation that, brethren, I wish above all things that ye would prosper and be in good health, even as thy soul prospers, guess what? You start prospering because you realize El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. You realize Jehovah Jireh, my God's my provider. Jehovah Rapha, my God who heals me. You understand the names of God and who God is. And then you begin to realize and get a revelation of who God is. And then you have a manifestation on the outside if you stay in faith, if you keep confessing faith, if you put faith and action together. You understand, that's what David did. Read Psalms. David continually says, my God, my provider, my protector, my refuge, my strengthener, my very present help at a time of need, my defender, my one who takes care of everything, my redeemer, my healer, my blesser. You understand, David literally keeps confessing and praising and magnifying God for who he is. And when David got a revelation of who God was and praised him for it, that's who God became to him. I tell you right now, when you begin to believe God to come to work on your behalf, believe there's angels encamped around you. His angels are going before you. The Bible says in Psalm 91 that he'll command his angels concerning you that though a thousand may fall at my right side, ten thousand at my left, it will not harm me or my household. When you get a revelation of who God is, God is protector and God's angels are around me. There's no devil in hell that can take me out. There's no sickness and disease that can take me out. No, I'm going home. When I say enough is enough, I'm going to fulfill God's will for me in the earth. And then when I say enough is enough, that's when I'm going home. There's no cancer. It's going to take me out. No diabetes, no heart failure. You know, people say, well, it runs in my family. Well, let it run out because you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus and you've been brought to the family of God. And heart disease doesn't run in the family of God. Cancer doesn't run in the family of God. Sickness and disease has no place in God and you're God's property. Therefore, it has no place in you. Jesus has redeemed you once and all from all the curse of the law. All of it. Who forgives all my iniquity. Who heals all your disease. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Who satisfies you with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh man, let me tell you something. Some of you older folks need to get a revelation of this. He said he'll renew your youth like an eagle. Instead of talking about, well, I'm getting older. My back's getting sore. You know, it comes with age. It'll, you know, more people tell me on a daily basis, you know, well, you'll find out when you get to be my age. No, I won't. I won't be crippled over. I won't be double. People say that's arrogant. No, it's not. I'm confident in who my God is. You understand the Bible says that Moses, though he, in old age, his eyes didn't grow dim. His ears didn't go deaf. You don't have to live like that. My aunt, who's 106, she's not blind. She's not, you know, in a wheelchair doing nothing and hunkered over. No, no, no. You don't have to live that way. There's a higher road. You can walk the faith road, folks. And when you walk the faith road and who your God is, you'll see how the blessing of God gets on your life and puts you head and shoulders above where everybody else is. Look at Abraham. God was able to do more with him in his latter years than he was the former. What do you do with that? God gave him a promise at 75 years old that he'd be the father of many nations. 
You understand the anointing of God hit Abraham at 85 years old, and he ran the length of New Jersey in one night. We serve a supernatural God. The message translation says it like this in Job 5 and 9. It says, if I was you, I would plead my case before God. After all, he is the famous one for working unexpected acts, countless miracles. There's no end to his surprises for his children. If you're a child of God, you serve a famous God who's famous for unexpected acts, countless miracles, and loves to surprise your life with good things. He loves to fill your life with good things. You understand, blessing and cursing cannot come from the same thing. You serve a good God. The Bible says it like this in John chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Jesus says, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. T.L. Osborne used to call that the gospel in one verse. I'd say this, if it's stealing, if it's killing, if it's destroying, it's right from the pit of hell. But if it's blessing your life and bringing you into a place of abundance, it's from Almighty God. It's from the hands of El Shaddai. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And life more abundantly. He satisfies you with good things. And your youth is renewed like the eagles. Turn over with me. Let's get over there in uh, Isaiah. Go over Isaiah 35. I want you to lay your eyes on this. Isaiah 35. And I'll start right at the beginning. And you, not, you may not understand all this, but I, I want you to understand who your God is. Jehovah Rapha. I want you to understand what Jesus accomplished for you, folks. What his blood died to purchase. You know, I've had people say, well, I'm against prosperity. I'm okay with that. Then sell all you have, give it to the poor, and go live like a homeless person. Look, I'm not anti-prosperity because Jesus died for it. I'm not anti-healing and health because Jesus died for it. You know, that, that'd be like saying, well, I don't want salvation, or, you know, I'll take salvation, but nothing else. Why would you leave behind things Jesus died to purchase? You understand, every time you say, well, I don't know if healing is God's will, you're insulting who God is. The Bible says his name is Jehovah Rapha, my God who heals me. That's a direct insult to who God is. Direct insult to his name, Jehovah Jireh, my God who provides. El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. You're, every time you're anti-prosperity, anti-healing, anti-all this stuff, you're literally putting yourself in opposition with the name of God, with who God really is. Let that sink in for a minute, folks. Isaiah 35 says, The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. Well, I'm just going through seasons. I'm in the wilderness. I'm in the dry land. Well, don't worry. He says, be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. Verse 2, Isaiah 35, 2. It shall blossom abundantly. Woo, how about that? Come on. It shall blossom abundantly. That means no matter what season you go in, the Bible says in Psalms 1, the righteous will prosper in every season. So I'm not worried about seasons. By the way, there's only four of them. I hear people say it's flu season. I didn't learn that one in school. I learned there was only spring, summer, fall, and winter. Come on, spring, summer, fall. Well, it's flu season. Not for me. That's not on my calendar. How about you? The Bible says this, though. It says in the wilderness and the dry land, you'll be glad. It'll blossom abundantly for you. For who? The righteous. And rejoice with joy and in singing. I tell you this, when you learn how to rejoice and learn how to have joy in every circumstance, that's when you will uh, uh, prosper. But that's where... You'll come into this uh, blossoming of abundance that he talks about here in Isaiah 35. When you learn how to handle things with joy. When you learn how to rejoice in all things as the Apostle Paul talked about. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. 
the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. Watch this. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the great majesty of our God. Come on, Psalm 35 or Isaiah 35, 2. They shall see the glory of the Lord and the majesty of our great God. I don't know about you, but if the Bible says it, I'm setting my faith for it, that I will see the glory of God in my generation. I'll be used in the glory of God in my generation. You understand, children of God, that you are supposed to demonstrate the glory of God in the earth. That's your job. It's your assignment. You will see the glory of the Lord and the majesty of our great God. Watch this. Verse 3. Who will strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Come on, verse 4. Say to those who have an anxious heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. You will see the recompense of your God. He will. Well, I'm not sure if it's His will. No, the Bible says He will come and save you. He'll come and save you. He'll come and heal you. He'll come and bless you. You understand that's who God is. That's his name. That's his nature. Jesus shed his blood to redeem us once and for all. Sin and death, sickness and disease, poverty and lack, it all must bow its knee to the great name of Jesus. Because he shed his blood for you and I, we can take it by faith. We can obtain it by faith. When Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, he said, pray like this, that my will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven. There's no sin and death in heaven. There's no sickness and disease in heaven. And there is no poverty and lack in heaven. None. He will come and save you. I told you, faith begins where the will of God is known. You must know it's God's will to save you. You must know it's God's will to heal you. And you must know it's God's will to prosper and bless you. He will come and save you. Verse 5. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened. I told you I laid hands on that lady the minute I laid hands on Not because who I am, but because who my God is on the inside of me. I had a righteous anger rise up on the inside of me when I saw her eyes were stricken with complete blindness. And the minute I touched her... Both eyes came wide open in front of that congregation. You can't fake that. That's called the miracle working power of God. And he just used me like a conduit and went running through my hands. And boom, boom, them eyes came wide open in front of that whole audience. Oh, I think she's faking it. How can you fake completely blind to being able to see in front of an audience of people and saying what colors I'm wearing? You can't. Do not mock the miracle working power of God. The eyes of the blind will be open. And the ears of the deaf will be unstopped. Verse 6. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer. You hear that? If you're in a wheelchair, the Bible says the lame man will leap like a deer. Last time I checked, the deer run fast. Come on, any other Pennsylvania hunters around here? The deer, boy, you spook them things in the woods, they're gone like a bullet. All you see is that white tail. He says the lame will leap like a deer. And the tongue of the mute, hallelujah, will sing for joy. The tongue of the mute will sing for joy. Isaiah 35, 6. For waters will break forth in the wilderness, and streams will 
break forth in the desert. You understand how much God's saying this will happen? It is His will concerning your life. It is His will to open the deaf ears, open the blind eyes, make the lame walk again, to cause streams to burst forth. I'm just in the desert. That's great. He said He'd cause streams to burst forth in the desert. He said, just have joy. Just continue to bless me. Just continue to praise me. Just continue to magnify me and confess who I am. Believe me by faith. Step out and believe and trust me. After all, I am your God and you are my people. Verse 7, the burning sand shall become a pool. Hallelujah. And the thirsty ground will spring forth water. Hallelujah. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes, and the highway shall be there. I love this. And it should be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over. I told you, this is only for God's children. It shall belong to those who walk on the way, even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. I love that. In other words, the Bible's saying it in a nice way. Even if you're an idiot, don't worry. You won't go astray. If you keep your eyes fixed on the author and the finisher of your faith, if you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, and as the Psalm 103 said, all of his benefits, if you forget not his benefits, who forgives all of our sin, who heals all of our disease, who crowns us with gladness and greatness, and glory, and favor, and honor. That's who our God is. Why not take it by faith, folks? Why not start believing it, and receiving it in your life, and demonstrating to the world how great our God is? He says, no lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon you. They shall not be found there. No, no, no. But the redeemed will walk in joy there. Verse 10, and the ransom of the Lord, hallelujah, shall return and come to Zion with singing and joy. There's a whole lot about joy and singing being connected. In other words, your praise is divinely connected to your miracles. When you praise God for being healer, when you praise God that he's opening blind eyes and deaf ears, just to talk about a few verses again here in Isaiah 35, that's when you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living, the miracle-working power of God, the healing anointing on your behalf. But you must know it is God's will always to heal you. Always to heal you. Everlasting joy shall be upon your head. Verse 10. And you shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee from you in every direction. I don't know about you, but get a revelation that Isaiah 35, 10, that you'll come in with singing and everlasting joy will be upon your head, that you'll obtain the gladness and the oil of joy and sorrow and sighing shall be away from you in every direction. I don't know about you, but that's a good promise of God. You understand? It's up to you. I said, it is up to you. Faith begins where the will of God is known when you know Christ is Savior, Christ is Healer, and Christ is the Blesser. You must know it's his will. You must believe it in your heart, confess it with your mouth, and put faith and action together. I'm telling you, taste and see. That's what the Bible says. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You serve a good God who loves you, who has great plans for you. The Bible says plans to prosper you and never to harm you. How about that one? That would buck against most modern theology that the Bible says that God has plans for you. Oh, he says, Jeremiah 29, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and never to harm you. Wait a minute. I thought God's putting cancer on people. That's a lie from the pit of hell. 
Cancer is a spirit that comes right from hell. Just like diabetes or anything else that would plague your body. No, God's will is health. God's will, the Bible says that, Psalm 91, verse 16. With long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. Psalm 107, 20 says, I sent my word to heal you. Well, I'm not sure if healing is his will. He sent his word to heal you. He sent Jesus to defeat sickness and disease so you can walk in health. But guess what? I, I said this last week, too. A lot of here, a lot of people talking divine health. You got to take care of yourself. Oh, somebody's going to get mad at me now. You need to take care of yourself. Last fall, Lord spoke to me. I'll get very personal. Last, uh, right around we had our child last October, Lorelai. Lord spoke to me. He said, Tyler, you have to start taking better care of yourself. I said, what do you mean? I'm skinny. I'm in good health. Amen. I look good. Praise God. He said, no, you need to take better care of yourself. He said, too many of my servants, oh man, too many of my servants have not been able to fulfill my will in their life and have short-circuited their lives by not taking care of themselves. That's powerful, folks. I said, Lord, tell me what to do. So I lost some weight. I've been taking better care of myself. Monday, I'm kicking off a water fast. I'm doing minimum once a quarter, a three to four day water fast only. And now Harvard and MIT have come out with a study. Look it up for yourself. That if you do once a quarter, three to four days water only, it brings your chance of cancer down to 2% and diabetes virtually to nothing. Now people believe it that Harvard and MIT said it. The Bible said it thousands of years ago. But here's what God said to me. He said, you do all you can to take care of yourself. And I'll do everything that's outside of your strength. Everything that's outside of what you're able to do. And so since then, I've been taking better care of myself. I've been doing all I can. And let me tell you something. It's like a new strength has come on my body. Hallelujah. It's like an increase of anointing has come on me. And I'm at a place now, I'm telling you, it's a good thing these broadcasts are, you know, 28 minutes and 30 seconds on television or whatever, because I'll preach for hours. Why? Because I got this new strength in my body. The anointing strengthened me up. As I've been faithful and obedient to take care of this temple and do what God's commanded me to do, he has put a strength in my bones like I have not seen. And I'm telling you, folks, I'm loaded for bear. I feel like the Bible where it says, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. But he said in Isaiah 35, you'll come in with singing. Everlasting joy will be upon your head. And you shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee far away from you. Far away from you. Back up there, chapter 35. I know I read it to you before. But I just want to hit this one more time. You shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our great God. Verse 3. He will strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. I tell you right now, you got weakness in your hands or your, your knees are firm, uh, feeble? Lay hands on them right now and receive your miracle by faith. According to Isaiah 35 and verse 3. Lord, you said you'd strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. So I call on the miracle working power of God and the healing anointing to touch folks right now, in Jesus' name, you said, say to those who have an anxious heart, you, those of you who are dealing with this problem of anxiety, this nonsense that's just been ravishing people, be strong, verse 4, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come, and he will save you. Verse 5, he will open the eyes of the blind and the deaf ears. The lame will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute shall sing for joy. Here's what I'm telling you. It's always God's will to heal you. 
Jesus never turned one person away from a miracle, never turned one person away from a healing. There's a difference between the gift of healing and the working of miracles. We talked about that. Just know this. It is always God's will to either give you a miracle or heal you. But either way, you're getting well in Jesus' name. Just stay in faith. Keep believing God. Keep confessing. Keep the doubt and unbelief far from you. Keep confessing by whose stripes I've been healed. I'm getting better, better, better day by day. The joy of the Lord's my strength. I just had somebody stop me in the parking lot earlier today. And they said, you prayed for me last Saturday night when you were teaching on healing anointing. They said, you laid hands on me. I went to the doctor this week. And for the first time in years, he told me, get off your thyroid medication. It's actually putting too much in your body. Your thyroid, I, I don't know how to explain it. In fact, he ran a couple of tests because their thyroid was completely healed. Why? Because we serve Jehovah Rapha, my God who heals me. Psalm 103, of every disease. So if your thyroid's bothering, just lay hands and thank God my thyroid's healed in Jesus' name. I'm at that brightened my day in the parking lot out here today. She told me, you laid hands on me, and the doctor said, get off the medication. We can't find one trace of a problem with your thyroid because we serve a God who's greater than a thyroid problem, greater than cancer, greater than diabetes, greater than tumors, greater than, well, you know, I had somebody, I prayed for somebody the other day. You know, they said, well, you know, they're kind of slow and they have a glass eye. I said, I don't care. The angels will go over in heaven in the spare parts warehouse and slap a new eye in their head. I don't care what God's got to do, but he'll heal you. It don't matter what your limitations are, what your disabilities are. The only disabilities and limitations in life are the ones you permit. It's time we rise up and say enough is enough. I put a deadline on the devil by whose stripes I have been healed. And I take it by faith in Jesus' name.